The job. The stress. We are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics. Politics. Pressure. Pressure. Get out of here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear. Survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. We're here to discuss some unpopular topics, some difficult topics as it relates to public perception of law enforcement following January 6th. Before we get started, I just want to put a little disclaimer out there. The views that we discuss tonight may not necessarily reflect the views of our organization or members within our organization. This is simply an attempt to foster some positive communication and dialogue between members of the public and retired law enforcement officers who can answer some questions that have been asked without fear of retaliation. How's that for an introduction, gentlemen? I love it. Very good. All right. So uh, I'll start with Angel. Why don't the two of you just uh, very briefly give a little biography or introduction, if you will. Okay. Uh, Angel Mason and I'm retired NYPD. I retired in 2014. Um, can't believe it's been seven years. Uh, I was a patrol cop in the 48th precinct for about uh, almost 13 years. I uh, got promoted to detective, went up to the squad. <clears throat> and in 2007, I was detailed out to the uh, NYPD FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. I uh, was involved in numerous uh, uh, international terrorism organizations, and myself and my team were responsible for disrupting Osama bin Laden's last plot against the United States before he was killed. So that's my claim to fame. That's it. I'm Andrew Baxter. I did everything Angel did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Andrew Baxter. I go by Drew Breezy on social media. I'm trying to develop that. <clears throat> aspect uh, prior to that I was uh, I spent 28 years of change with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office here in uh, the greater Tampa Bay area it's about a 3,500 person department and uh, I worked in, in various roles I worked in criminal intelligence uh, I did a little undercover not very successfully but I did a little undercover and um, I, I, uh, I got really good at authoring search warrants and recognizing probable cause which is uh, may turn out to be a little bit useful tonight. But uh, so I, I, I have experience in uh, the training division up until my retirement in July. I was, I was teaching a 40-hour interviews and interrogations course uh, to all levels of cop in the Bay Area. And uh, I'm just uh, really glad to be part of this organization, Rich, and uh, happy to see you and Angel. Well, we're happy to have both of you guys and happy to have you here in the state of Florida. Uh, let's jump right into this. So basically, we had this conversation, we had this idea offline, the three of us. There's so much information out there. There's so much going on, so much to be said. And it, it just seems kind of difficult for law enforcement to offer their two cents. Luckily, you gentlemen are retired and you're not shy about answering some questions. So I picked about 15 to 20 questions that we got asked. I'll just start with the first one and then let's just see how this plays out. Whoever wants to answer, have at it. If both of you want to go, go for it. First question we got was, 
I saw a video where the FBI was refusing to answer really basic yes or no questions. I respect law enforcement, but I lose confidence and trust when they cannot answer a simple yes or no question about their involvement in something like this. Can you ask for your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm ready if, unless you are, Angel. Go ahead. Go for it. Uh, part of my tenure in uh, the undercover work and melded with the training part, I uh, taught um, informant management. I've been through uh, the DEA uh, school and the DEA advanced school. I was taught by the DEA kind of how to handle informants. Uh, the cardinal rule of handling an informant or working with people who are cooperating with you is their identity. When you think about it, you're, never gonna, you're not going to stay in business very long if you identify your informants, especially like an open court. So the rule of thumb that we always used was, uh, listen, if the defense figures out who the informant was, good for them, but they never heard that from me. And, and, and I'll take that to my grave. Now, there may come a time when the informant has to testify. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when uh, we get there. So. I watched probably in context the hearing that you're taught that that the question is talking about where Ted Cruz just was lambasting this uh I think she was the uh assistant director of the FBI and all he was trying to do was get her to say that there were federal agents involved or there were informants involved and if you'll go back and watch she doesn't really direct it, 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 she doesn't directly say no she directly says we don't, we can't discuss tactics. We're not going to discuss tactics. That's kind of not what they're there for. So I get where that's going, one. Uh, and two, I get where the public, because even the cops that I uh, used to work with, I got peppered with, um, with DMs about the same thing, about how crooked the FBI is. Uh, on this one, I, I don't expect them to answer. I, I never expected them to answer. Now, uh, the other side of the coin is, Ted Cruz was reeling from calling the January 6th people terrorists and he needed, he needed a big bang. He needed some good positive press. So he started peppering her with those questions. Ted Cruz is no dummy when it comes to uh, the law and he's no dummy when it comes to informants and FBI's tactics. He was a Supreme court. He was essentially a Supreme court nominee. He was close to being a Supreme court nominee. He's not dumb. So he knows by making this big show, it's going to kind of force the hand of the January 6th commission to, to address some of the things. One of the things they ended up addressing was Ray Epps. They never addressed it, by the way. They just said they addressed it. So right. when it comes to this topic, uh, as far as the FBI being kind of shady, uh, I side with them. I understand what they're saying. They're not, they're not saying it's out of the protection of the, the informant and out of the protection of the agent, maybe. And it's also out of the protection of the program itself. If once you start, once you let that horse out of the barn, informants are going to turn up dead and you're out of business. Yep, that's right. And uh, if I just may add, uh, this is a lot of this stuff is need to know, right? Um, a, lot of to a lot of it is top secret. Um, uh, as corny as it may sound, right? We're not on like, you know, the show 24 on Fox, right? Uh, nobody hears Kiefer Sutherland, but <clears throat> the the bottom line is yeah, a lot of it is need to know stuff. Um, and we also have to keep in mind that um, this is a, a, a nonpartisan thing. What I mean is nonpartisan is grandstanding when they're uh, on C-SPAN questioning 
uh, people, okay? Uh, uh, throwing stuff out there, throwing fastballs at this, at this young lady um, was part of grandstanding on the, on the part of Ted Cruz. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. Um, you know, I think she handled herself well. She was professional, and she gave the answers that she could. Um, you know, the FBI agents signed non-disclosure agreements. Just because you're standing in front of the man um, on C-SPAN doesn't mean that you breach that. Um, now, if we want to go into deleting 35,000 emails from a private server and things like that and violating non-disclosures, that's something else, a whole different topic for a whole, whole different day. All right. Uh, further down the road, but because you mentioned his name, uh, Drew, somebody said, do you guys know anything about this Ray Epps person? Supposedly, he is going to testify later this week. I wonder if he'll just refuse to answer questions like others have gotten away with. Well... If you don't have a background on who Ray Epps is, um, he was seen on uh, January 5th. He's actually caught on video kind of yelling with a MAGA hat on, yelling, we need to go into the Capitol tomorrow. He says some very peculiar things, in my opinion. He says, uh, one of the first things he says is, man, this is kind of illegal, so I don't know if I should even say it. And then people are like, no, then don't say it. But he says it anyway. Like, how dramatic. But he says, tomorrow yeah. we need to go into the Capitol. Then, January 6th, there's footage of him uh, at the Capitol. Or, or he says, hey, when the president is done speaking, we're marching into the Capitol and we're going in. We're going into the Capitol. He kept using that phraseology. And then the last thing, like when the, the D.C. Metro or Capitol Police saw the whites of the eyes of the protesters, the last thing you see is Ray Epps whispering in somebody's ear, and then moving forward and tearing down those barricades. If you want my, if you want Drew Breezy's personal opinion, he's an informant all day long. So I don't know who he was working for or what he was doing, but he was an agent provocateur. He, he, was, he was provoking that crowd, there's no question. Now, he showed up on the most wanted list because he was an obvious figure. He's a booming presence, he's a big guy with a red hat, older man, and people were calling him a fed. So he showed up on the FBI's list, and then he was suddenly taken off. Adam Kinzinger from the, from the commission, the, the uh, Wisconsin uh, senator, supposedly a Republican, uh, addressed this Ray Epps character and said that, um, you know, if he was an informant, he, he, we've, we've already spoken to him, and it's, uh, it, it, he's got nothing for us. So um, he's, it, Kinzinger also made the horrible mistake of saying something like, um, I, I don't believe the FBI is dumb enough to put their own agent on, on the most wanted list. Well, no S. I mean, it really, I mean, you, you, like, I, I think at that point, he's overacting to placate. I, I mean, I, I see that clear as day. Like, he, he's just, he thinks we're stupid. So, which is fine. I mean, I, I, I kind of appreciate when you think I'm stupid. So, um, <laughs> It gives me the advantage. Joke's on you, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> if you want my opinion, this Ray Epps, is, uh, he's an informant. I mean, he, he, he was uh, allegedly the Oath Keepers, um, uh, like the head of the Oath Keepers in, in Phoenix or in, the, in Arizona, in the area where he lives. He supposedly runs a ranch, bread, bed and breakfast there. But that's like in my experience, having – informants and or undercovers in positions of authority within hate groups is not an anomaly. It happens a lot. Do we think he's going to testify? I think he's probably going to 
No, no, I don't. He'll take the I, fifth. He'll probably yeah, take he'll the fifth. Just, he'll show up. I mean, he sh- yeah. I mean, of course, he did nothing wrong, but he'll take the fifth. I mean, he's the yeah. only guy that, that, was, that was encouraging everybody to do everything, but he's not being held accountable. Everybody else is in, like, some kind of solitary confinement. It's kind of sad. Yeah. No. All right, let's and transition. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's, let's transition. Another question came in. Your thoughts about the suicides of the Capitol Police that followed on January 6th, and they're referring to, I guess, D.C. Metro Police Officer Jeffrey Smith and Capitol Police Officer Howard Liebengood. I don't know what the specific question was other than it just said your thoughts about the suicides. Um, what's there to say, right? I mean, it's a horrible thing. We can't, I mean, could we say it was attributed to the stress? I mean, we're not doctors. We're not clinical psychologists. Um, you know, cops have been taking their own lives uh, since police work started, right? Uh, there's been an uptake in police suicides um, in recent years, um, and it's due to more of, you know, police being probably the most marginalized members of society in, in the United States right now. Um, you know, everybody's defund the police. They hate the police, you know, abolish police. You have these uh, uh, the politicians, you know, the squad. Um, uh, you know, saying they want to abolish a law enforcement entity, ICE, um, you know, all this stuff uh, takes a toll on police officers, okay? We're not robots, we're human. Um, I lost my first partner to suicide in 1996. Uh, you guys know this. I, I've, I've made mo- no bones about talking about this. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, cops kill themselves uh, probably on a daily basis around this country, and it's only gotten worse since you know all this hatred and vitriol has been spewed against the police so to 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 answer your question i mean what do we think about it what do i think about it? i think it's a horrible thing um i i I would say that the stressors of the job get to certain people um some people have uh problems uh, that you know they had before they became police officers and you know being a police officer exacerbates it right It, it 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 changes things for them. It changes their perspective. I mean, we see shit, you know, we see the shit of society, the worst of the worst. Um, I've seen, you know, I've helped people, had them die in my arms. Of, I've delivered uh, crack babies. Um, you know, I, I've seen people with their heads blown off, run over by trains. Uh, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, I don't know what kind of stresses the Capitol Police had. I know, I certainly know DC Metro is a busy police department and they have a lot, they deal with a lot of shit. Uh, like any metropolitan uh, uh, urban police department in this country. So, um, I mean, it was a horrible thing, right? I mean, God rest them, all of them. I'm God certainly rest- not going to, yeah, I'm certainly not going to bash them, you know, or, or say they didn't go through anything just because they're capital police. I mean, I would never say that. And God <clears throat> rest the tortured soul of your, your partner. I mean, Thank you. I, I know that you just uh, had an important anniversary the other day with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, the D.C. Metro Police, by the way, have uh, one of the since 1990. There's been a uh, there's been some type of uh, EAP unit that's independent from the police department. They have a very robust mental health program. Probably it, 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 from what I'm researching or from what I'm seeing, it's uh, you know I know San Diego has a great one and. And all these other, this is like since 1990, they've employed a doctor uh, who specializes in police trauma. I think there are four staff psychologists or psychologists, uh, psychiatrists. So this is DC Metro specifically. I I don't, I can't speak for the Capitol Police, but um, when it comes to DC Metro, they have mental health help. Now, 
that's not to say that it's easy to reach out for that help. And it's not to say that they didn't go through hell. They, they absolutely went through hell. I mean, you know, even the videos that you see of the officers being knocked down, that's, it's just, it's a, it's a horrible thing that they went through. However, um, there's, the point is this, I believe that they have mandatory mental health checks. Um, and whether you believe in them or not, I, I personally, since the, I started doing research on this when I ran a comp center on point, I, I, I believe in mandatory mental health checks for this reason. People, cops aren't going to reach out. So if you, though it's, it's, you know, and this is a very tricky time with, with, uh, COVID mandates. If you tell everyone they have to go yearly for a mental health physical, uh, you're going to, you're going to get one cop to spill their guts. You're going to get at least one to say, Hey, I'm glad I came in. I, I, I've been meaning to talk to somebody. That's my opinion. Um, I'm sure it can be backed by data. I don't know, but, uh, Metro PD has been doing that since like 1990. The, 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 the thin line, right. Is the stigma attached to getting help. Um, and when you do get help, uh, a lot of times you lose your ability to, you know, uh, maintain your family, right? Provide for your family because they'll take your guns away. They won't allow you on the street. You can't make collars. Um, you know, they, they put a flag in your folder. Uh, they say it's anonymous. It's never anonymous. They say nobody's going to find out about it. That's bullshit. A lot of the a lot of the culture has to change. There there are departments. The NYPD is a huge. Um, uh, there's a guy on 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 uh, Instagram. He's a huge fat loser. Um, he's a great great follow. If you want to uh, follow someone, um, he's big in the mental health. He goes and speaks to the kids in the academy. Um, you know the stigma attached to seeking help has to be taken out of it. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. To be honest with you. All right. Uh, changing gears. We got a lot of questions all coming back one way or another to the media. So let's, uh, let me just read a couple and then you guys can have at it. Uh, from a police point of view, no bullshit. Can you guys discuss the media coverage regarding Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, the one who was reportedly attacked by the mob and died the next day? Somebody else, please tell me you guys do not still suggest trusting the media. Somebody else, the biggest issue we have is the media covering incidents with agendas instead of reporting facts. Do you trust any members of the media or any specific media networks anymore? I don't even watch the news or trust half of what I hear, but as law enforcement, where do you suggest I get the info or research from? <laughs> trust in the media is the, was a big mistake in the first place. Um, they, if, if 2016 and beyond hasn't taught the world that, it, it, for instance, uh, 2015, the Mike Brown shooting, um, 20, was it 19 or 2020 with, uh, uh, what, what was, it was probably before the election year with George Floyd. 2020, uh, yeah. Before that, it was Ahmaud Arbery. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of elections prior to that, it was uh, Trayvon Martin. They're driving, they're, they're being driven. The media, the national media is being driven. They're, they, they have an agenda. They're, they're trying to drum up negative um, perceptions of law enforcement right before 
elections to get everybody to go out and vote on the Democratic side. Because the Democrats keep saying, and it, God, I hate making this political. It's political. And the Democrats keep saying things like, without me, you're not going to be protected. Without me, the police are going to kill you. You, you should be able to roam free in your own neighborhood. Right. I, I can tell you flat out, I, I used to supervise a group of detectives in a uh, very transient area, inner city, and you wanted no other group of people to solve your case than the people that I had. We didn't care what color your skin was. We cared about the criminals, and we cared right. about the, the single moms or, or the family people that, that, went to, that were on the way to church and came home and their door was swinging open and their Xbox was missing. That's what we care about. So it's all BS. And, and you have to see through that, especially being in law enforcement. I don't trust the media. This, this stuff about Brian Sicknick will turn your stomach. And it, it, I'm, just, I'm seeing more and more with age and clarity that this is all deep-rooted, like, psychological operations. I, I, wanna, I, I don't want to be a crazy conspiracy nut. I don't want a tinfoil hat. But it's right in front of us. We're told that this guy, Brian Sicknick, was beat to death with fire extinguishers for days on end. You know, all the, all, all the non-Fox major media was saying. And then all of a sudden, uh, well, they backed down a little bit. But the retraction's always on page six or page right. nine. The, the retraction's yeah. never in the front. Yeah. Angel? Well, <clears throat> I myself, uh, as, as you guys know, I've... I've uh, done hits on media on news media right I've, I've done work for fox news i've done work for newsmax um i've done work for cbs uh i've done work for nbc so don't trust the media number one no uh, i don't care you know who it is and i tell my kids this all the time if you hate fox news watch fox news if you hate cnn watch cnn um, I'm not telling you to not watch the channel that you love, but you have to get smart on what other people are getting smart on, right? You have to look at the other opposing views in order to have an educated opinion or in order to be able to have an educated discussion with somebody and have civil discourse. Um, what happened with Sicknick, I mean, this is nothing new. This is a tactic. I've been at the scenes when I was working homicides in the Bronx. I've been at the scenes of homicides and the next day I read about in the paper and it was a complete different, it was a crazy, uh, a twisted version of what occurred. Um, <clears throat> in my case, uh, Rich, you saw this on Twitter. I don't know, Drew, if you saw it. Um, when I went in and I, and I got the guy, uh, Adis Madujanin, who was uh, the guy who gave up the whole plot with the subway plot in 2009, they were supposed to blow up three subways um, on the anniversary of September 11th, 2009. When I went in to get him, um, I used some tactics and I called him by his Kanye, which is his battlefield name that only his handler, which was Al-Qaeda, and his co-conspirators knew. Um, and uh, when my partner went on the stand and testified about it, the Daily News wrote a, a story the next day saying that I blew, I almost blew the case because I, I told the subject that we were on to him, which is exactly the opposite of what occurred. Um, by doing what I did, it scared him into giving up the whole plot. So again, I'm not here to toot my own horn, but that's just a firsthand example of how I was railroaded, right, by the Daily News. If you go on my Twitter, it's Big Recon Man, um, and you go on my pinned tweet, the whole story's there, and the article from the Daily News is there. The media shit, the media lies. Sicknick did not get beat by a fire extinguisher. He died 
Uh, the next day, uh, he had multiple strokes and he died. Listen, did he, did the stress cause the strokes? I'm not a doctor. Um, I mean, I don't know, right? Um, is it, can we, can one assume that? Yeah. And somebody could also assume that maybe he had a blockage. I mean, I don't know. We're not pathologists, right? So, I mean, you know, bottom line is he died. He was a police officer and none of us here three will feign uh, a concern for cops just when it when it's convenient for us, right? Um, we're not going to go and have them lie in the rotunda because it's a good optic for the narrative that we're pushing now against the former president and against the uh, riots at the Capitol, right? Um, that's not what we do, right? We're honest. And I tweeted out the day it happened. Um, I'm against anarchy and lawlessness every day of the week, 365 days a year, not only when I disagree with the person who's committing the anarchy and the lawlessness, right? Um, I don't support what happened that day. I made that, I've made that very clear. To me, those weren't patriots, right? Um, that are beating cops with flags and, and, and pushing and, and pinning cops uh, against the door jam. Those aren't patriots to me. Those are fucking savages. And do I think they should be rotting in prison? That's a whole nother story. But, you know, again, I'm against that. And I was against the Black Lives Matter riots. You can't be for one and against the other just because it suits your narrative. And that's been the biggest issue with all this shit, right? Nobody's looking for all the uh, uh, rioters from the summer of love, right? From 2020 through the George Floyd riots. Nobody's looking at tons and tons of videotapes. When Captain David Dorn was assassinated, right? Retired Captain David Dorn was assassinated on Facebook Live, defending his friend's store. Uh, there was no outrage by Nancy Pelosi at all, right? They didn't fucking hold a news conference saying that this poor man was killed doing the right thing and he was a retired police officer. There was no feigning of concern for law enforcement and for blue lives back then. So that to me, that's the powder keg for me. That's what pisses me off because they lie and pretend they give a shit about cops only when it fits their narrative. Right. You touched on question four, seven, and nine. I don't know where to go <laughs> with, with the segue, but you hit on, you hit on a couple of things. No, that's, that's good. All right, let's go with this one then. Piggybacking off of where you left off. I hope you guys touch on the comparison with Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and this alleged quote-unquote insurrection. Cops in places like Chicago and New York City deal with much worse than this on a daily basis. Where is the outrage and where are the investigations for those? You're not going to get an argument out of me. I, I, I am 100% in agreement with that. I've been saying that since minute one as well. This, this was a, whatever it was, whatever January 6th was, I mean, you can call it an insurrection. I don't know why they didn't bring the fucking guns, but, uh, yeah. you know, they, they brought, you know, they sent the guy with the Viking helmet in first. I mean, a um, little wacky for an insurrection, if you ask me. Um, but where, where is all of this? Where, what about Portland? What about, uh, what about the courthouses that were firebombed? What about, um, when Brett Kavanaugh was, uh, was, uh, uh proved to be a, a, a Supreme Court judge and they, they stormed the Supreme Court and they started beating on the doors there. They didn't break the window. That's the difference. And they didn't get inside that. Maybe that's the difference. What about the days that they've stormed the ca the, um, the congressional buildings and um, th there was a situation back in 2017 where that's right. Yeah. 
some feminists made it into the, the Me Too movement and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, the, the, there's zero art outrage at the time. Mm -hmm. This is all political theater. And let, let's, let's be clear about this. It's, it's both sides, okay? So we're neutral. It's both sides doing this, and it's fundraising. Th this is the crux of all of this. Like, do you think really that Adam Schiff doesn't know that this Russian thing was a hoax? But he also knows that if he gets on CNN and he stokes the coals and he fires up the base, they're going to contribute to Adam Schiff. They're going to pay money for Adam Schiff to stay in office. They're going to pay money to the Democratic Party. It's the same thing with Ted Cruz. If you'll notice, all of these guys, Joe, Ke uh, John Kennedy was on Tucker last night or on uh, maybe on Hannity last night. And uh, one of the last things he said, you know, very wise man. I love listening to this guy speak. He's got the perfect colloquialisms, if that's even a word. But the, <laughs> one of the last things he said was, hey, you know, if you wouldn't mind, just slip on over to my website. I can use the help. You know, yeah. it, this is all about fundraising. You'll see when these issues, Dan Crenshaw, it's another, another classic example. When, when they say these things, somehow their website always gets put into this. And it's fundraising for the party, and it's fundraising for the candidate itself. So I, I know that they're smarter than that. They just think that we're dumber than we are. Yeah. The, um, I see the pinned, if, if I could read it, Rich. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What makes, what makes this January incident so significant compared to other crap going on? It's, it, it's, it's what makes it so significant is what I explained earlier, right? I mean, we had the summer of love. We had the George Floyd riots, right? We had uh, all of 2020, they were burning shit, uh, you know, looting, rioting, uh, fucking killing people, right? One person was killed on that day, one person. And it was an unarmed white woman. And I'm not here to advocate for her. She's no martyr in my view. I'm not, she's not my hero. I don't know shit about her, but the facts are and facts don't give a shit about your feelings. The facts are that a black police officer shot an unarmed white woman and was not held accountable for it, right? There was no, investi there was no real investigation into it. Um, nothing came out of it. If the, if the tables were turned, and let's be honest, this is not racist. This is not self-loathing. This is not me forgetting that I'm Hispanic. This is not me kissing the white man's ass or working for the man. This is the truth. And if you can't see it, you're either stupid or you're just, uh, you, you're blind. Because if it was a white cop that shot an unarmed black woman going through a door, they would have fucking lost their minds. And by they, I mean everybody would have lost their minds. They pushed this false narrative when Breonna Taylor was shot, that she was asleep in her bed right? She wasn't asleep in her bed. She was in the hallway. And if you ask me, this, her savage boyfriend used her as a shield and she ended up getting shot in the crossfire, right? Nobody was, nobody, again, there's no redaction, right? Nobody went clearly and said, hey, she wasn't sleeping. I get it now on my Twitter. People sending me death threats in my direct messages, you know, fuck you. I hope you die. Shit like that because of Breonna Taylor, because I say the truth. The truth was she wasn't asleep. Did she deserve to die? I don't think so. But she wasn't asleep in her bed, right? Um, so again, going back to the Ashley Babbitt thing, if she was black and Lieutenant Bird was white, this would be a completely different thing. And if you don't see that, you're crazy. 100%. People, people asked uh, two questions related to Ashley Babbitt. One said, 
What about the hypocrisy of not charging the officer who shot Ashley Babbitt while going after other police officers across the country who are caught defending themselves? And then somebody else said, I sent you guys an article about the weird investigation with Ashley Babbitt. Your thoughts? Yeah, I sent that to you guys. That's the article. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, – um, uh, go ahead. I just want – so um, the Walter Scott shooting, remember when that happened? Um he was uh, in the car. He was stopped. I think it was in Virginia. He gets out of the car. Michael Slager was the, was the police officer. Um, Walter Scott and him get into an altercation. Scott grabs his taser, runs away. Uh, Slager shoots him in the back and kills him. I wanted him held accountable for that, right? I wanted, I think his name was Slager. I wanted him to go to prison, you know, I say it all the time. It's my mantra. Nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. I'm not, this is not me advocating for Ashley Babbitt because she was a QAnon MAGA conspiracy theorist who climbed through a window. This is me saying as a police officer, another police officer shot an unarmed individual and I want them to be held responsible. That's it. That's it. So that's, that's my take on that. Um, no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. I, I want cops to be held accountable when they screw up, um, whether, and I don't give a shit about their skin color. I don't give a shit about the person's, the victim's skin color. Um, you know, a bad cop or a cop who, who fucks up should be held accountable, period. DC is in that weird uh, uh, situation where I think the U.S. attorney handles their prosecutions. So especially in this case, the U.S. attorney would be handling that prosecution, not a not, you know, not that it would make a difference in D.C., but which is a whole different topic. <laughs> but on April 14th, this is this is what it said about Bird's interview on April 14th, 2021, acting U.S. attorney uh, Channing Phillips notified the Metro PD that no charges would be brought against Bird. We have declined criminal prosecution in the above officer as a result of this incident. He wrote in a three-sentence memo. So he wrote three sentences that just basically said, we're not going to prosecute this guy. He didn't say why. Like, I'll tell you, here in Hillsborough County, we had a situation where an officer shot somebody. They, they actually um, brought it to a uh, – the, the uh, prosecutor here brought it to a grand jury without notifying – Grand jury. Yeah, without notifying our sheriff at the time. And so we know how, what a hot topic this is. Like, they're, they're wanting to set an example by, uh, by uh, you know, prosecuting these cops. Mm -hmm. He, although it's, they keep framing it as he wasn't interviewed, he was actually attempted to be interviewed. He just pled the fifth. He, I mean, he did probably what he should have done because he knows he would be cooking in prison right now. Right. But the, the U.S. Attorney's Office declined prosecution. So, I mean, <laughs> they work for the Department of Justice. Who does the Department of Justice work for? It's checks and balance. I mean, where are the checks and balances in this? And, and it, they just, just like Angel said, this, God, why are we talking about the color of their skin? Because yeah. that's all that they ever talking, uh, talk about. We don't that's police it. by color of skin, but we're held nope. to a color of skin standard. And it's horrible. That's right. In the NYPD, if you shoot somebody, whether you kill them or not, they take your guns, you're placed on modified duty, it goes to the ADA's office, 
and the district attorney convenes a grand jury. You get a shooting grand jury, they call it, and you go before the grand jury and they see whether it was justified criminally or they're going to indict you. Administrative stuff is a completely different animal. But there was no shooting grand jury here. There was no investigation into the shooting independently by, uh, 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 as Drew pointed out, an independent agency, right? Everybody in this country is always calling, oh, the police can't police themselves. The police can't police themselves. What happened in this situation? There was nobody bitching for this. There was no hashtags on, on Twitter, right, on social media trending, how the police can't police themselves. It's hypocrisy. Again, and if you can't see it, you're either stupid or blind. So with that being said, somebody said, how can somebody realistically think that the public should not view law enforcement differently after seeing all of the politics take place after January 6th? So view, so I know there's no context to the question, right? Um, view law enforcement differently, I don't know. I mean, so if you're talking about the FBI, we, well, let's take the FBI for example, right? I worked with the FBI for seven years. I love, I'm not one of these people who says, you know, fuck the FBI, they're corrupt, they're blah, 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 blah. That's not me. I love the FBI. I worked with them. They were a top-notch agency. They were great investigators. Are they street cops? No, right? Um, there are some that are former street cops. Um, there are a lot of them, are, you know, they're good at the administrative stuff. That was the, 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 the mission of the Joint Terrorism Task Forces, right? It was to get street cops with the, with the FBI agents in their cities to tackle terrorism, to tackle bank robberies, you know, all this other stuff. Um, administration, uh, upper echelon, is a completely different story from the rank and file, right? We all have a boss. Um, you know, everybody has a boss, somebody they have to report to. The, the FBI agents could only go where the evidence leads them, and then they can only do with the evidence what their bosses tell them to do. Um, the FBI collects it, and the AUSAs are the ones who go forth with all the information. Their hands are tied just like a street cop in a 7-5 precinct or in a 4-8 precinct in a 4-4 in Hillsborough County, in Tampa, wherever it is. Their hands are tied when the upper echelon does not want to do the right thing. I, I agree 100%. I, I have plenty of friends in the FBI. Uh, I have line agent friends. I have actually middle management friends. I have whatever. I don't care. The Washington, D.C. set of the FBI that, that's kind of driving that ship, totally different beast. That I, I don't think that they're um, – I, I think that they may be more political or politically driven than uh, than the agents. Like the agents are – Federal Bureau of Investigation, they're investigators. They, they want to investigate and they, uh, and by the way, Angel's 100% right. You, you can kind of tell who the previous street cops were when you're dealing with an FBI, a set of FBI people. It's the same with Secret yeah. Service or, or whatever, DEA. But um, I, I think that they're taking their, uh, the, the echelons above are taking their marching orders from something very different and it's national security stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I, it's not excusable, but I mean, you know, like, we're discovering violations of the Patriot Act because basically because Trump called them out on it. And, and yeah. how much do we not know? How much, how much spying on our own citizens have they done? I mean, even in the J. Edgar Hoover years, they, they, the FBI spied on, on average citizens. We thought that that kind of went away, but I, I mean, perhaps it didn't. Um, but, the, but the line FBI agents are, 
I think they get it. I, listen, prior to 9-11, you couldn't get a word out of an FBI agent. They, they would pump you for information, and they wouldn't say a word back to you. And they were kind of horrible to deal with in that sense. Then 9-11 happened, and come to find out, you had agents that were trying to explain that this was, good, that this was about to go down. There was no communication between the FBI, the CIA, and other national security agencies. So all of a sudden, they opened their floodgates and they became friendly to local law enforcement because we were a, yeah. a resource. And for, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 years after that, we had a pretty good relationship going. We're drifting apart again, in my opinion. I mean, they maintain their relationships via task forces. They got endless mm -hmm. amounts of money, so they try to invite local law enforcement. But I swear those task forces are, are intelligence gathering on the agencies just as much as as they are beneficial to the to the agency. That's just my opinion. All right, so we're a little bit more than halfway through. Just for those who joined us after the introduction, uh, views may not necessarily reflect the views of our organization or members within our organization. This is simply an attempt to foster positive communication and dialogue between members of the public and retired law enforcement officers who can answer some questions that have been asked without fear of retaliation. We're talking about the public perception following January 6th with the FBI, with law enforcement. Uh, we're happy to answer the questions that are coming up in the comments. And then we're working right now with, uh, with two retired law enforcement officers, Drew and Angel, who are kind enough to answer some questions. We've gotten a plethora of questions that we got in advance. Uh, to kind of piggyback where you left off, uh, Drew, a question we got was, if the leadership of an agency like the FBI, for example, do not seem to be held accountable, is it wrong to think that the whole agency is just corrupt or biased or cannot be trusted? Yeah, it is wrong, I think. I really don't think that the line agents know what's happening. I think some of this stuff is a surprise to them. There are different levels of security clearance. I can tell you, I supervised a guy that was on the Joint Terrorism Task Force, and he couldn't share with me but maybe a tenth of the stuff he was doing. There was one other person in the department that he could share, uh, or actually two, that he could share what he was doing, and that's because they had top-secret clearances. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, don't, I really don't think that the line agents know what's going on in D.C., or, or they don't understand, yeah. you know, like this, this Andy McCabe who was second in charge, and, and, you know, he did some crooked things too, apparently or allegedly. Um, he was never really held accountable because I think he was fired, but then he got his money or I don't know. But I, I really don't think that, you know, you pick a line agent in, in uh, Palm Beach. I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to tell you what's going on in Washington, D.C. Or, or why they're doing what they're doing in, in some fashion. Right. And so what you were referring to, you have top secret clearance and then you have top secret SCI clearance, which is secret compartmentalized information. That's the clearance that I had. Um, it's like up there, right? Um, so Ray Kelly, when he was PC, transferred the CEO of the Joint Terrorism Task Force, Jim Shea, who's now the uh, um, director of Jersey City Emergency Management, because he would not bring top secret documents to one police plaza uh, for Ray Kelly to see. And Ray Kelly's like, I'm the police commissioner. And Jim Shea said, hey, listen, I can't bring it. There's no skiff. <laughs> what do you There's want no, me to do? You know, I can't do it. You know, I don't care if you're the commissioner. And the next day or a couple of days later, he was transferred. 
Um, and then he ended up leaving, right? Which was a great loss for the police department. Um, <clears throat> so to your point, listen, as much as people see or they perceive the FBI upper management to be an arm of the Democratic Party or to be corrupt, for every ASAC, for every ADIC, for every um, uh, 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 SSA in an office, whether it's in Montana, New York, Philly, Florida, you pick the office. For every one of them who's going along with the program and who's kissing ass, trying to make a name for themselves, there's 10 guys fighting it. There's 10 guys, 10 low level, right? If you want to call them that, street agents. Um, uh, they're, they're supervisors that are fighting this tooth and nail. And I, I, I'm telling you, the FBI is the greatest, one of the greatest law enforcement entities in this country. Um, their leadership, like probably every law enforcement um, uh, entity in this country, the upper echelon, uh, you know, a lot of them have an agenda, you know, and unfortunately, the, 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 the street guys are pawns and in the big chess game, right? But no, the FBI is not a corrupt organization. Why were there cameras and so many professional looking cameramen inside that day? It seems like they were allowed inside. Were they arrested? Were they given special treatment? Who do they work for? There's, there's some people that were allowed inside. I mean, it was, it was on video, right? They were, they were opening the doors and letting them in. And there were some people that forced their way in and that hurt cops and, and did stupid shit that they shouldn't have been and they charged in and they shouldn't have been charged in. Listen, if, if, let's just throw a number out there. If there were 30,000 people there, right, at, the pres at President Trump's rally, right, um, 2,000 of them out of the 30,000 walked over and now did what happened at the Capitol. If, if everybody always says, don't judge. When you see riots, right, they always say, oh, those are outside agitators. Those are people that came into Baltimore. Those are people that came into Ferguson that don't live there. Those are people that came in and did shit to make us all look bad. Why doesn't the, the double standard or the same rules apply to what happened on January 6th? Exactly. Again, why, right? Why, why can't we just say that, hey, these were a, 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 a spinoff group um, that were agitators that did stuff that shouldn't have been done and it made everybody else look bad. There's, there is plenty of document. Um, listen, I, I watched the, uh, you know, I'll take heat for this. It, it's obvious. It's, I don't think it's biased, but I mean, the Tucker Carlson documentary, uh, Patriot Purge, it's in three parts. I, I recommend anybody watch, to watch that. I recommend anybody to watch uh, the plot against the president. If you want to, to see, you know, the inside of the Russia hoax, that's, that's an amazing documentary, but, but, you know, in Patriot Purge, th there are um, like guerrilla journalists that, that, you know, just with an elf, uh, with an iPhone and a, a thing that says press, they're credentialed um, and they're documenting things. And it goes to what we started with pretty much from, from the opening. Nobody trusts the media anymore. I trust that freaking guerrilla guy with the camera. If, if it wasn't for the guerrilla guy with the camera, Kyle Rittenhouse would be in prison. It was two journalists, guerrilla journalists that were covering Black Lives Matter protests that caught video and were able to testify to what he actually did. So as far as cameras being in there, thank God they were in there. They also explain in this documentary, and whether you believe them or not, it's up to you. It doesn't matter to me. 
Uh, I know pretty much what the truth is, but or what I think the truth is. Um, they talk about these guys changing out of their black block, their Antifa garb, and into their MAGA hats. So it's, it, listen, it's always going to sound like a crazy conspiracy theory to anybody who hates Donald Trump. It, it's, I, I don't worship the ground that Donald Trump lives on, for God's sakes. But if you're, you're either a Democrat or you're pro-Trump, that's, that's the way everything is framed. So when you say things like, no, I, I don't think that everybody there at January 6th was actually a Trump supporter, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm a nut. I'm a nut bar. Yeah. Well. Do other cops feel bad for some of the good ones? Do cops still respect the Capitol Police after their acting show before Congress? <laughs> they were literally laughing and joking with those who were questioning them right after the hearing. Again, it's not. So these were four or five, right? They were, it, it, they don't represent the whole Capitol Police Department, right? They don't represent the cops. Right. I support that. Listen, what, cop, police work is a subculture, right? So um, cops are a subculture. You know, we do and say a lot of fucked up shit to each other. There's a meme going around like, you know, with two cops, NYPD cops laughing, saying, oh, you know, um, this is the reaction of the NYPD when the Capitol Police were crying because they were being called names, right? And it's, it's a funny thing. And, you know, yeah, it's probably true because you know, a, a patrol cop in one of the worst neighborhoods in New York City uh, gets spat at, shit thrown at them, urine, blood, uh, you name it, right? And they get cursed at and they come, they go in and the next day they're at work. Um, but the Capitol Police are, are, are a bona fide law enforcement agency in this country. And I back the blue, right? I don't back the blue. Um, we're not above reproach, right? When cops do stupid shit, they got to be called out just like anybody else. But to answer your question, no, I respect the Capitol Police, and I would say that probably all law enforcement agencies in this country uh, respect the Capitol Police. They're a good law enforcement agency, law enforcement entity. These, these few guys have an agenda, right? They've got their FaceTime, their 15 minutes of fame, whatever the case may be. There was one guy who was crushed in the door. Listen, I'm not going to – if I was there, I could – Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I know, right? I'm 6'5". At my heaviest, I was 340 pounds. Um, I would have taken at least four or five dudes out with me if they were trying to push me in the door, <laughs> trying to crush me in the door. Somebody would have got their fucking jaw broken. <laughs> Probably numerous guys, but that's just me. Um, I, I don't... I'm, I'm 265 I, now, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> I'm chasing three. I'm 6'4". I'm chasing 300 now because uh, of retirement. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I don't take anything away from what they experienced, the four of them that testified. Right. I, I completely disagree with the grandstanding that the four of them displayed. I don't think this hearing is getting to the bottom of anything. This is more yeah. fundraising. This is yeah. more grandstanding. I, I couldn't disagree more with that hairy, that racist guy, the, the one that was uh, posing with Black Lives Matter before the – this is bias. We're cops. We're not supposed to have bias. I can't tell you in my days of the Secret Service Task Force how many protective details I've been on. And um, I see that, Jeremiah. Uh, I, I, 
I can't tell you how many protected details I've been in where I've been this close to a sitting president or vice president or whatever, just kind of by accident because, you know, I'm just a yeah. task force guy or whatever. But yeah. I'm looking at the crowd. I'm not looking at the president. I'm not in awe of the president. You know what I'm saying? The point is, and I'm not trying to blow my own horn by saying that. Of course. The point is this. Look, cops should be unbiased. I don't, I don't care if it's John Kerry, who is horrible, by the way. Or Hillary Clinton, who was horrible, by the way. Or George W. Bush, who was great, by the way. You know, it just, like, precise on time. These guys were on schedule. and it, Or they just treat yeah. their people like shit. It didn't mm-hmm. matter to us. What mattered was the protection of that person. And it. it mattered uh, that I, I personally didn't want shit to go down in Hillsborough County. Uh, because yeah. it's on me at that point. Like, right. I was the liaison. I just didn't want things to go bad. So don't get in front of a committee and start talking about God, God bless officer Brian Sicknick using his name in vain as as a death in January 6th. Don't get there and and talk about uh, I'm done. I get, I'm frustrated. I want to real quick, uh, Rich, I I just want to say, so black lives matter has come up several times during this discussion. And I want to put it out there for me, and I'm sure you guys agree. Listen, um, I will always support Black Lives, right? The, the, the bulk of our police work um, uh, in every metropolitan police department in this country is uh, protecting Black Lives. Um, I will always support Black Lives. I will never support Black Lives Matter. Those are two completely different things. And if you don't understand that, then... I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but we spend the bulk of our careers protecting black lives um, and because we love and respect and know that they matter. Um, but the organization, if you want to call it that, never support it. So the, that's my disclaimer. To, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback just 2015. I think it was formed, maybe 2014. Black Lives Matter. It was, it was because of Trayvon Martin. That's OK. Well, right. listen, um, if, if you're just joining the Black Lives Matter party in 2014. Welcome to the party I've been in since 1968. Black lives have always mattered to me. Always. The organization is shit. They're a bunch exactly. of socialists. They're trained um, Marxist. They admit that. They're anti-nuclear yep. uh, family. I, I got no time for that. Uh, and and yep. they're pushing an agenda, and they're pushing corporate America into, into the same agenda, and we're That's all right. paying the price for that. The, the, you know, the general public's being manipulated. Yep. I don't want to run out of time. We've got five questions that are all over the place. Let's uh, do it. One, one, one we just covered kind of. Uh, what about that Capitol Police officer retiring and then doing interviews and I think getting a job with CNN or something? I think that's the one you were talking about, Drew. He was a D.C. cop, I think. He was a D.C. I got nothing. It's to- the... It- it's the Hunger Games, right? You remember that movie, The Hunger Games? That's what it is. It's the Hunger Games. People are off of themselves. <laughs> That's it. Do, do cops honestly think this was some sort of, quote, insurrection, end quote, or clearly just a huge political move that was very carefully scripted? I don't think it was an insurrection, but I don't think it was something that was carefully scripted either. Um, I don't think that uh, – uh, I think – it was, um, there was an agenda uh, to a lot of it. I believe that some of it may have been scripted, but I do believe 
that there were some assholes who were acting like assholes that day and did asshole shit and are now paying the asshole price. Um, you know, I'm not going to support anybody beating on my brother and sister officers. I don't give a fuck if they're wearing a MAGA hat or a fucking Antifa hat or a fucking Black Lives Matter hat or a thin blue line hat. I will never support cops being beat up by anybody. I don't give a shit who the fuck they are, uh, especially when it's done under the, you know, the guise of, of some sort of, uh, uh, you know, warped sense of fucking justice. This was one day. Have you guys seen crime in places like San Diego, Portland, and Seattle today in just a few? How do we fix the issues there? Why is there no outrage there? Where are all the committees and congressional hearings for places like that? Uh, and there'll never be uh, congressional hearings. It's encouraged in those areas. I, I don't know about San Diego. I'm not familiar with that. San Francisco is pretty bad, but but they keep electing the, the same. They they keep electing the same governor for God's sakes. He's That's right. he's a knucklehead. I mean, like in in all of the good. Oh, Boy, that was a bad thing to say. All of the um, <laughs> uh, free-thinking people, I'll say, not all the good people, but all the uh, the free-thinking people are moving out of those areas. So I, I don't, I don't see it getting any better. I mean, go ahead. I mean, you know, before there, there's going to be a law where they can't make any laws at some point. You know what I mean? They're going to just <laughs> law themselves into their own jail. So. Um, have at it. Do, Thirteen sixty masks and and you know stay four hundred feet from each other. I don't give a shit. Thirteen cities across the country set homicide records in two thousand and twenty one, and the one thing they all have in common <laughs> is they're all Democrat run cities. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, that's that's the truth. Facts don't give a shit about your feelings. The demographics don't lie. It's it's not just the Democrat run, like in the the government itself. It's the prosecutor. Yeah, absolutely. Your thoughts on the Department of Justice or the FBI claiming that white supremacists are the biggest threat to this nation. As a member of our military, I'm here to tell you no one should be surprised to know we actually have both domestic terrorists and entire foreign groups attempting to or planning to harm us. Well, um, weakness invites conflict, right? Um, right now, we appear very weak on the, on the, on the, on the global uh, stage. One thing, love or hate Trump, uh, people respected and feared him, um, and they respected and feared America, like when Reagan was in office. Um, you know, it, it's, there's weakness invites conflict, and yeah, there's white supremacists, but white supremacy is not the biggest issue in this country. Um, go to any inner city in this country. Again, this is not me self-loathing. This is not me being a racist. 95% of the homicide victims in every ghetto in this country are black and brown people, and 95% of the perpetrators of the murderers are black and brown people. White supremacists are not fucking shoving people in front of subways in New York City. They're not fucking killing 19-year-old Puerto Rican girls in Burger King working, trying to save for a car. They're not going into furniture stores uh, and killing UCLA grads and stabbing them to death for no fucking reason. White supremacy exists. It must be eradicated. Racism must be eradicated. But white supremacy is not the biggest problem in the United States of America. If white supremacy were the biggest problem, why haven't they wiped it out? Yeah. I, I still haven't figured this out. I mean, Jesus Christ. The, the yeah. thing is, they leave white extremism or white supremacy, they, they leave it vague so they can label people. That's, that's why the, the FBI statement the other day was like, look, uh, we really don't think that this was related to uh, the Jewish faith. or what, what are you talking about? It was the only 
place holding Sabbath. You know what I mean? Like it was the only place where people were wearing yarmulkes on a Saturday and he stormed in there. You know what I mean? If, if, if there was a Methodist church that was doing the same thing and he had the choice between the two, I could see where maybe it would be a little unclear, but when, but when this, Dil- go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off, but when Dylan Roof uh, attacked that, sh- that church, right. And it was a black Baptist church. I mean, it was in front of you, right? You saw it was the, he attacked it because it was a black church, that fucking piece of shit, right? I mean, there was no two bones about it. I mean, again, the double standards are stupid, you know, and, and, and I believe they've since, you know, gone back on. Lost your sound, Angel. Yeah. I, I lost your sound, Angel. All right. Uh, you back? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. So um, the last thing, I don't know what happened. My son was trying to sign in with my Apple ID to watch Apple TV, so it screwed me up. Um, <laughs> so Dylan Roof, right? So that, that was, I mean, they've since gone back and said that it was terrorism-related, right? I mean, this guy was calling for Afia Siddiqui, the lady al-Qaeda, right? I mean, we know her background. Right. She left. She disappeared after the 9-11 attacks. She was caught with a manifesto. She had chemicals. Uh, she was planning to do an attack. Um, one of my uh, fellow NYPD detectives was the case agent on her case. In 2008, she was extradited. She tried to shoot. Um, uh, she tried to shoot two uh, army officers. Uh, she picked up an M4 carbine and she tried to shoot him. They shot him in the stomach. They brought her back here. She's doing 86 years in prison. I mean, you know, the guy was talking about Palestine. The guy was talking about Israel, Jerusalem. I mean, yeah, it was a fucking terrorist. <laughs> they haven't narrowed down yet, though, exactly yeah, what he right. was. What I, is think, I, I think this is part of the problem on why we're getting the questions that we're getting from some in the general public, especially without the law enforcement background. It's, it's kind of common sense at this point where you're starting well, we, to see things. I, I agree with you, but, the, but we're, we are also very... Um, like the three of us especially are probably pretty quick to say, look, let's let all the facts come out before we make decisions or before we make accusations. So um, I, I think that that was kind of a no brainer. I, I, I think he just, well, I'm not going to make excuses for that guy. He, he, he messed up his phraseology. And if, if he was given some kind of direction to, to throw the scent off, uh, he did a horrible job, but yeah. You know, we do tend to say, hey, let's everybody just calm down. Let's let the facts come out. Maybe he should have said something like that. I mean, but right. mm, I, I'm not buying what he's selling. Here's a tough one. After George Floyd, many agencies are telling their officers and deputies to report wrongdoing. Do they do this on the federal level? You never seem to hear or see anything about an FBI agent, et cetera. They don't. The U.S. attorney, uh, the U.S. attorney's office, doesn't publicize indictments. They don't. Um, I, I, I'm not shocked by any of that. Like, they just they have different policies. They have different ways of doing it. As a matter of fact, um, there was controversy here, and I know in other big cities for you know our guys on DEA task force. You know, we require them to wear a, a body worn camera, but they were saying, no, you're not going with us on the search warrant if you're going to wear a body worn camera, like. Okay, well, what do you have to hide? And nothing. Like, we know they have nothing to hide, but it's, it's federal. It's like the Department of Justice doesn't want that. The, the Department of Justice doesn't want to record that interview with Mike Flynn because then they can't massage it. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, a, tying it back to that. But I, I think that this is kind of where it leads. You're not going to hear 
FBI wrongdoing. You'll hear about the, the FBI agent that gets drunk at the Christmas party and shoots his partner, you know, that kind of stuff. But Why don't more cops speak out about things like this? Their opinion could help answer some confusion from the public. Because cops can't, because of social media policies, because of um, departments, they will not allow cops to speak out. They will not allow cops to speak their minds. There's no freedom of speech once you put that shield on your chest and you wear a patch on your arm until you retire. I could talk and Drew, we could say whatever the hell we want um, because we're not held um, to that standard because we have no repercussions because we're private citizens. You, just I, I use this example all the time when I'm teaching. Like, you know, a, a, an unarmed black man is shot in your jurisdiction. And what do you want the chief law enforcement officer to get on that press conference and say, I just want to say we shoot white people too. Like you, you can't yeah. say stuff like right, that. Right, you just, right, right. So you can't make any statement whatsoever because again, the, not all the facts have come out, but you're liable. Like you're liable for everything you say. So even if there's a, there's no criminal case with the cop, there's, there's a civil case coming down the road and every word you say, believe me, that's civil. Just look at Ben Crump and Breonna Taylor. Like, what was that, a $13 million payout or yeah, whatever? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything you say is going to be used. I get, I get constant messages in my inbox on Twitter from cops from around the world who tell me, thank you, keep talking, keep fighting, keep doing what it is you're doing because we can't say shit. We can't say what we want to say. You're saying exactly what we're feeling, but we can't do it. We can't say it. They have... They have Twitter names. They have their under pseudonyms. They have because they can't. They can't say it because they, they'll jam you up. If you say what I said before, just we'll take that for an example. Something as innocent as I support Black Lives, I'll never support Black Lives Matter. You'll be, you'll be fired. You're racist. That's it. You're done. You can't be patrolling in St. Louis. You can't be patrolling in Seattle. You can't. It's not even you're going to be labeled a racist. You're going to be labeled as the perception of having a bias with, yeah. with race. Right. So right. The, the question was just posed, like, can people be fired over that? People have been fired for liking Less. posts yeah. that somebody yeah. put up there. Not, not posting, right. just li- hitting the like button. They could have done when yeah. they were half drunk and half asleep. That's right. That's you right. can Google that and see plenty of examples. Yeah. All right. Uh, the last thing I have is I just put a couple of these together. I just want to say thank you ahead of time for having the courage to put this together. Thanks for at least having an honest conversation about what seems to be getting censored if you don't agree with one particular side. Appreciate all you guys, especially those retired who are still giving back. Thank you to all of you for what you do on a daily basis. Sorry, politics impacts your jobs so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the, the final message to the cops on the street. D- listen, I, I used to say this thing in roll call, you know, when Jeremiah was, was there not paying attention, but uh, <laughs> uh, we, we get into this job for the lives that we change, not for the minds that we can't. And, and you know, I, I did see a comment up here earlier that there's no respect for cops anymore. I think that that's a little untrue. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to call somebody out. I think that's very untrue. I think the loudest people with the biggest following on social media have disrespect and contempt for the cops. And it spreads to the other people who get their news from social media, not from news sources. So, uh, you know, I give it this, and I'll close with this, I give it the, the COVID test. When, 
when they were just, when we were just starting to open back up from COVID, I was a shift commander, a midnight shift commander, and the supervisors and I went to Carabas. So they could, I think they can only let 25% capacity in. And we were sitting there eating a meal in Carabas. And one family walked out and plopped a, a big old gift card right on our, uh, right on our um, uh, table and, you know, covered the meal. Within two or three minutes, another family was getting up to leave unbeknownst to the previous or not knowing what the previous family did. They threw down a gift card to cover the meal. So you have support in this community. You, you right. can't go through life thinking that you're not supported. You're supported by the retirees. You're supported by, I'll say, 80 to 90 percent of the population. Uh, and anybody that picks up the phone to dial 911 obviously supports you. And by the way, we never ask what color your skin is when you call 911, so. That's right, that's right. Um, I'd like to just say that uh, my son, my oldest son now, um, my stepson, he is a police officer. Um, uh, so this is, he just graduated the academy in November. This is not gonna stop for me. I'm gonna advocate for my police. And now it's something uh, even nearer and dearer to me, right? Because now he's out there and every, every bad thing that's said about cops, every time an incident happens and every cop is lumped into one thing, um, uh, into one group because of a bad actor, um, you know, it's going to jeopardize his safety. So, um, you know, there are, cop there are people out there that support your police, um, that support you guys. Look on my Twitter. Um, you know, every, constantly I get messages back to blue. We love you guys. We support you guys. Um, again, you know, nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. Um, we're not going to advocate and say that, Cops are above reproach. Cops, you know, as policing evolves, I mean, as the public evolves and the public changes, police work has to change and police work has to evolve. But like, like the lieutenant said, uh, you know, we don't ask the color of your skin, your sexual preference, uh, uh, your, your race, your religion, your creed, anything like that when we're responding to calls for service. We go there without prejudice. We answer these calls for service and Nine times out of 10, we do a bang up job and everybody goes home alive. Tough to follow that up. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that uh, the respect comment definitely varies where you work and kind of similar to Drew's point. I remember working on Thanksgiving, uh, was Thanksgiving, no, Christmas, Christmas Eve just recently. And I walked into a bagel store in the morning for a cup of coffee and a bagel. And I literally had three people arguing with each over each other over who can buy me the bagel. And then somebody asked the cashier what he ordered. And they said, he just got a bagel and a coffee. And then the guy turned, he's like, can you order more than just that? And I had four people arguing over who could pay for a bagel and a cup of coffee. There you go. So, so the respect thing really varies where you go. Uh, I just want to thank the two of you. We've been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of questions about a lot of these topics. And it's, it's difficult, like we talked about earlier, to have these conversations. So... It's nice to be able to answer these questions and, and have these conversations. Uh, this is going to be put onto our podcast. So for those who catch this on the podcast, uh, Angel, start with you and then Drew, finish off. Where can people find you guys, uh, social media, tags, etc.? cetera? So um, uh, my name is Big Reekin Man, right? It fits. Um, <laughs> B-I-G-R-I-C-A-N-M-A-N. That's my username on in Instagram and on Twitter. Um, on YouTube, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, Angel Masonette, right? I'm there. It's my name. Um, I'm also, I do uh, Mondays and Thursdays, uh, Police Off the Cuff, After Hours, um, with my buddy Mark DeMeo. 
we do that. Uh, we're trying to get that more going to try to get more stuff out there. So if you want to just uh, follow along there, I'd appreciate it. And, you know, back to blue. Drew? I'm uh, Drew underscore Breezy, B-R-E-A-S-Y, at Drew underscore Breezy on Instagram. You can find me at Drew Breezy on um, YouTube. I have Drew Breezy Uncuffed on Facebook. It's a group that you can follow. Um, you name it, I'm there. Uh, Rumble, I'm on Rumble. I'm, uh, I'm on Locals. Uh, I just repost the stuff that I usually put on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, currently working on uh, establishing a podcast and gathering some notes to write a book. All right, well, be careful we following go. our page because we're censored and restricted and oh, shadow so banned and all, all that good stuff. So, <laughs> so am I. I've been, I've been throttled least recently. I can <laughs> Me too. It's not it's my because, horrible It's contract. because of your association here. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, have a good night. Thank you very much, and thanks to those that tuned in. Thanks, Thank fellas. you, Rich. See you, Angel. Bendiciones. Take care.